Puzzle Place. channel KRT where we look at the best and worst of obscure media. I'm Kitty. I'm neither a puppet nor do I play one on TV. Uh, I'm Tyler. Don't mind me. I'm just having a bowl of my favorite breakfast cereal, Crunchy Geckos. I'm Randy. Uh, I might be a puppet. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I, ha I have to get the uh, DNA test back. Are you a man or a muppet? I'm a fuck it. How about that? <laughs> And then speaking of which, today's show that we're going to be talking about has a lot of Muppet alumni on it, so our episode today is an episode of a show from the 1990s called The Puzzle Place, which was on public access television for several years until 1998, when it was replaced by Between the Lions. It was a pretty well-known show. It kind of never got the same notoriety as The Muppets or Sesame Street, but it not only had a lot of people from both working on it, it's also kind of developed a cult fan base similar to Adventures in Wonderland as we talked about last week and it's definitely still had a place in history. No, I wouldn't be surprised if it shows up on Defunct Land at some point. Heck yeah. <laughs> the East Coast had Sesame Street, the West Coast had Puzzle Place. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that was how the whole East Coast, West Coast beef started. <laughs> so which one is Blood and which one is Crips? Sesame Street is blood, Puzzle Place is Crips, definitely. Basically, it's an entire war of the coasts. <laughs> <laughs> it's similar to basically Disneyland and, World, and Walt Disney World, where you'll get an endless war on which one is better. Plus the Universal Studios that actually has a major history behind being a motion picture set for uh, well over a century, and the Universal Studios, that's just a theme park. Insert connection to the Puzzle Place and theme parks here. I guess the puzzle place itself could count as a theme park because basically it looks looks unbelievably colorful. It apparently has all sorts of technology. It could be a place in Epcot for all we care. <laughs> we should mention briefly that there was a puzzle place segment in something called Kids for Character back in the mid-90s, which was something that was... It was, it was one of those videos that built up the self-esteem of kids. We'll definitely do an episode on it at some point, but basically they filmed they filmed a lot of it in uh, Universal Studios in Florida, I think. Yeah, they did. And then you can kind of see in the background, they don't make it super, super clear that it's like, it probably takes place on like City Walk where they recorded, but you can tell that when they do like big wide shots that it was definitely a large area that they hold parades in that they were doing the final segment on. And the puzzle place itself had, a segment in the show where they talk about trustworthiness. We should probably also explain the puzzle place for anybody who's like, what? It may not have, may have been born after the 90s. <laughs> Alright, so I'll take, I'll take it for this one. Um, so according to Wikipedia, it follows a multi-ethnic group of kids, aka puppets, from different parts of the United States who hang out at the puzzle place, which is a teen hangout themed around jigsaw puzzle pieces. In each episode, the characters are confronted with an everyday conflict, usually encountered in childhood and even teenage years, such as making moral decisions, sharing, racism, and sexism. Yeah, this we'll probably go into it if we get into the other episodes more, but man, this show wasn't afraid to go there at times. Like they they have an episode where Kiki's made fun of for the fact that she's Mexican and she has an accent. They have episodes tackling misogyny. One of the episodes I watched was basically them tackling 
toxic masculinity before toxic masculinity was a full-time thing. And one of the characters, Ben, drops a bomb that his dad died. Yeah, and how he was afraid to cry because of his uncles always saying, no, you have to be a man. Men don't cry. And then the episode shows, no, fuck that noise. And this show, this show was really ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Uh, you might recognize one of the voices in this show. Noel McNeil is the voice of Leon. Uh, you may know him as Bear in the Big Blue House. <laughs> what can we say about Noel McNeil that hasn't been said? I, I absolutely love the guy. We worship an absolute king yes he has like the most soothing voice that's definitely made for these kinds of shows especially bear in the big blue house which we will get to in a later episode i'm sure uh but yeah randy as kitty was going to mention you've met him Yes, I have met Noel McNeil at the uh, most recent 2019 Rhode Island Comic Con. Me and our friend Marissa met him a couple times, actually. He is so nice. He gave us a free picture, which is my cover photo on Facebook, of course. And I got to hear him say the word shit. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to tell the audience how that happened? So he was telling us a story how he met, I think it was Tyler, the creator, I want to say. And Tyler took him aside and he was like oh you're bear in the big blue house oh bear is the shit (laughs) (laughs) it is just a trip it is a trip to hear bear in the big blue house say the word shit and i'm so glad i did (laughs) yeah didn't you show him the uh bear in the fuck house meme I did show him the bear in the fuck house meme and he laughed fuck house meme Bear in the defunct house. The defunct house. Now that it was on defunct TV. (laughs) He laughed and shook his head, which means approval. And then uh, he was also on Ubi, which that was a show that existed. (laughs) Ubi was... We had no budget for puppets. And he was uh, was on Eureka's Castle, too. He was Magellan. Oh, yeah. The one where it has a green dragon who kind of looks like Dudley the Dragon, but isn't actually Dudley the Dragon. (laughs) Wait, okay. I'm looking at his credits for... uh, on Wikipedia, apparently he did Chappelle's show. He did the uh, parody of Sesame Street, Knee High Park. Nice. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny that you mentioned that because some of the some of the other alumni on this have been pretty much a grab bag of talent from not just the Jim Henson Studios, but a variety of different puppet shows. Like one of the voice actresses for Judy, one of them was Stephanie D'Abruzzo, who was both on Ubi with Noel, and she was also Kate Monster on Avenue Q for a while. Oh yeah, she was. I think she was the original uh, Kate Monster, wasn't she? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's pretty was. much how I know her, besides the fact that she did uh, that Dr. Seuss Muppet show that I was afraid of as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> the was wonderful world of Dr. Seuss, or? Oh, uh, yeah, that was uh, Wubbulous World of Dr. Seuss. And she and she performed with R.E.M. when they did a parody of uh, Shiny Happy People called uh, Furry Happy Monsters on Sesame Street, which was my uh, introduction to R.E.M., Hell yeah. Also, Michael um, Stipe looked... Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm on his Wikipedia currently, and he was also in season nine of Between the Lions as Lionel. I remember a specific episode of Lazy Town where Noel McNeil plays Pixel for an episode, and then they just change his voice again, and nobody ever talks about it. Huh, so I guess it was kind of like Mel Blanc <laughs> and Pinocchio. Yeah, he's the voice of Pixel in an episode, and then they just switch him out for no good reason whatsoever. It's It's really weird. We were robbed. Release the <laughs> Noel McNeil cut. <laughs> you were you were gonna say something about Michael Stipe, weren't right? 
Oh yeah, I was just about to say that Michael Stipe looked way happier doing the furry happy monsters video than he did the shiny happy people <laughs> video. <laughs> Apparently he despises that song. <laughs> yeah, rightfully so. You know, we should totally do an episode just based on like musicians on kids shows. Like, uh, we'll talk about R.E.M. on Sesame yes. Street. Uh, I definitely want to talk about the posies on, Sp- on Bill Nye the Science Guy at some point. Yes, and then maybe Hanson on uh, the Weird Al show and... All the, all that performances... Yes. Um, a side note, I'm still surprised they never got Al on an episode of all that, given that he did another game show for them. No, I am... God, do not get me started on that. I am still very heated about the fact that they haven't got Weird Al on, the, on all that. <laughs> There's still a chance. Right? <laughs> the rest of the alumni on the show includes Alice Deninian, who plays Julie as well as Sizzle. Um, she was also on Sesame Street, Bear in the Big Blue House, Cousin Skeeter of all things, Jim Henson's Pajaminals, Sid the Science Kid, Jack's Big Music Show. And there was also Terry Harden, who actually not only is a puppeteer, she was also a puppeteer on a little movie from 1984 called Ghostbusters as a Stay Puff Marshmallow Ooh, Man. Oh, I didn't know and that. The Ghost Librarian and the Demon dogs and wow. she was also an imagineer for a time she worked as a walk around character for universal studios hollywood and she helped design big thunder mountain railroad and la tenure du dragon aka the dragon's lair at disneyland paris and she also contributed to splash mountain so that'll be defunct soon and of course without a doubt to jim henson's muppet vision 3d <laughs> just just what a cast Heck yeah. And then they also got the voice actress for Rosita, Carmen Aspar, as Kiki. Oh yeah, I was gonna I I noticed that when I was watching it. Yeah. That was cool. Like her voice was really distinct. Yeah, she's a great performer. She's got a lot of life to her characters, which is really cool. And then of course the two of the biggest names in this show, Matt Vogel and Peter Linz, aka Walter and Fuck yeah. Constantine, respectively, as well as the new voice of Kermit in the all the new Disney Muppet things. <laughs> and uh peter and peter Linz actually does show up in this episode a couple times too uh both on screen and off yes which we'll get to oh yeah <laughs> basically iconic all around <laughs> so shall we get into the episode oh one more thing about matt vogel from what i saw he is also he uh, also became carol spinney's understudy for big bird Ooh. Ooh. he has voiced big bird at various times. Is he also Oscar as well? I'm not sure who uh, the current Oscar is, actually. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, maybe we should quickly look that up. Um, let's see. But yeah, he's played by Eric Jacobson. Friendly reminder that I have also met Carol Spinney. Oh, you got to meet him. Aww. And Aww. so did my uncle. <laughs> my uncle to... gave Carol Spinney a ride to New York in his moving van. Just Holy putting that out there. Shit. <laughs> How do I get family members like yours? Just wondering. <laughs> uh, some of them have to be racist. You'll, you'll have to deal with that. <laughs> oh. You'll, some of them have to be racist, but the one that's not racist will have uh, given Carol Spinney a ride in his moving truck. <laughs> nice. I mean, at least it was the non-racist one, you know? <laughs> 
So before we get into the episode, do you guys want to talk about uh, our history with the show? Sure. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll, let, I'll, I'll let you go first since it's your episode. Cool. Thank you. So uh, <clears throat> No problem. So I kind of have an interesting history with the puzzle place. Uh, my introduction through it was, like I said, kids for character. And then I kind of have gone through an on-again, off-again phase of watching episodes because it surprisingly holds up. The only reason I haven't seen a lot of it is because it's actually a bunch of the episodes are lost, as you can see on Lost Media Wiki. So because it took a while to actually air on PBS Kids. Um, it kind of has become a little hard to find episodes. They've managed to uncover a great deal of them, but because it was so rarely aired after 2003 when it moved to TLC for a while, reruns moved to TLC for a while, it kind of became harder to find, so that was fascinating. So in recent years, it's become a bit of a goal for a lot of people to find more episodes and kind of get the series online, as well as find more uh, VHSs for it as well. So that's been a fascinating journey. It's such a shame that it never became, you know, Sesame Street or any other, or like Arthur levels of popular, because it's not a bad show in the slightest. Yeah. No, not by any means it's a it's a very i go as far as say it's a very good show in terms of how it handles you know specific topics like you know it handles really upsetting topics with grace to a point where it's not ham-fisted at all they do it like how uh shows like arthur try to do it and they do it just as well as those shows do and it's really great yeah it's pretty underrated this show deserves so much better heck yeah yeah especially especially jumping into the into the whole aspect of who was on the show yeah this show also had guest stars too uh you know tying in the last week's topic uh, marley matlin was a guest star on the show um wow. sinbad of all people was <laughs> wow. on the episode where they talked about bullying yeah. we got we got to talk about that one too that is uh that was one of the first episodes i watched yes. actually <laughs> <laughs> they also have little animated segments similar to Sesame Street and Adventures in Wonderland. Um, like the crying episode we were talking about earlier has a section where they tell a story about Paul Bunyan and it's told through animation. They also have uh, scenes where they cut to kids talking about their experiences with the topic of the day. So it's kind of fascinating because it shows a set a little with the little older kids. So it's kind of interesting to see... It's it's a really fun time capsule, especially especially this episode as we'll later get I kinda into. I kind of want to see where all those kids are now. <laughs> I'm sure most of them are also screaming into the void like us. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll get into my history with the show for a second. Um, I did I did grow up with it, but I wasn't you know I didn't really watch a whole lot of it. Like I had very vague memories of the show like i more so specifically remembered nuzzle and sizzle more than i did the other characters so revisiting this show after not really experiencing a whole lot of it was a fun experience for me i will say because i've i've i learned a lot about it and a lot of the show like we mentioned does hold up and <laughs> this episode that we've watched is probably one of my favorites in in terms of revisiting the show. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's it's definitely got a lot of really good things about it. I'm the only thing I'm kind of iffy about is I'm kind of iffy about its core message, which we'll get into because it's kind of without going into too much detail, it's kind of your basic, oh, your the television is taking up too much time out of playtime instead of kind of having some more nuance about the topic. It's like I was kind of hoping that they'd kind of be a little more balanced. I was like, "Ah, oh, great. Did Brad Bird write this episode?" <laughs> I love Brad Bird for the record. TV don't hate. bad. <laughs> TV bad said the TV show. <laughs> I love Brad Bird for the record. Please don't kill me. 
too late. He's coming to your house. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so Randy, what about your history with the show? I actually never really knew a lot about this show until, you know, we started watching it. Like, to me, it was always just kind of one of those obscure puppet shows that never reached Sesame Street popularity. And then I started, you know, watching the episode we were doing today. And I was like, this is actually not bad. This should not be obscure. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, there are so many reasons that this show, that more people should be remembering this show. Like, I always just kind of saw it as, like, L.A. Sesame Street, <laughs> but it's, like, <laughs> kind of more than that. It's kind of more magic realism Sesame Street, because it's basically, it's with a bunch of puppets, as well as anthropomorphic dog, dog and cat, as well as creepy multicolored police. And But it's kind of set in a more mundane oh, setting, yeah. so it's kind of more... Not in a bad way, just more in a kind of relaxed tone, which is which is honestly a good tone for it. I think that it it kind of serves a similar purpose to like say Doug was on Nickelodeon back in the nineties, but compared to like Rugrats and Rocco's Modern Life. I'll I'll say that it's easier for me to sit through an episode of the Puzzle Place than it is for me to sit through an episode of Doug. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> Doug is a little is a little too mundane at times, but even still, but you get the point. <laughs> And that theme song, it's it just, it, 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 I hate that. I hate that theme song more than anything. <laughs> I got a soft spot for it. <laughs> you know the Which fun- one? <laughs> do, 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 do. I don't know. <laughs> no. Oh, the Disney one. <laughs> Bad kitty. Uh, anyway. Oh, we, we, we got to talk about Doug Live at some point, too. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Doug's first movie. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. Anyway, the, you know, a fun fact about it is that despite the fact that we mentioned that it was on PBS for a while, it actually didn't officially premiere on all PBS stations nationwide until 1995. Oh, wow. Yeah, apparently there was, it was probably because of some some distribution issues they were having with the Los Angeles PBS stations, KCET and KLCS, so this show was a mystery. (laughs) And then it moved to, uh... TLC after it got wrongfully bumped by Between the Lions. Back when TLC was the learning channel and not the Honey Boo Boo channel. Ugh, or the fucking Duggars channel. Ugh. Even w- That's even worse. Ugh. Or the Everything Wrong with This Country channel. <laughs> the uh. Redneck channel. <laughs> but also that's kind of hand in hand with Fox News, so... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember that it was also on uh, TLC before they made Ready, Set, Learn. And then also something interesting to note is that the puppets on this show, for a show that was kind of made on a bit of a low budget, they look really good. Oh yeah, totally. Like the eyes blink. There's like a lot, like these puppets are really good at emoting for something that's so low budget. And I, and you would not think that they're low budget. Yeah, like they managed to make the characters look sad, look excited. It's really neat how they managed to differentiate between the motions. The only puppets that kind of looked a little off were Sizzle and Nuzzle at times because they looked a little unfinished, but even still, they have a lot of charm to their designs. They still look really good overall. They still look good. I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have been able to tell that they were, you know, kind of low budget. So it's it's fine, you know? Yeah. How Kermit the Frog was a uh, jacket sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, ACAB includes the Peace Police. <laughs> the Peace Police, they live inside of my head. <laughs> Whenever I hear the word Peace Police, all I can think of is that new upcoming Suicide Squad movie where they're going to have a character called the Peacekeeper. 
<laughs> whose goal is to uh, keep the peace no matter how many people die for it. And he's going to be played by John Cena. So every time I hear the words peace police, all I can think of is that future movie. <laughs> I, guess, I, guess we're, I guess this is us getting into the episode, but what exactly is the meaning of the peace police on this show? Because as far as I'm concerned, it feels like all they do on the show is just jerk around and just act like assholes. They look like Beaker and Bunsen and Swedish Chef all got mutated and produced a bunch of clones. Isn't that just what cops <laughs> in real life do? Jerk around and act like idiots? Oh! hey <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so maybe they did get it right. Please don't arrest me. <laughs> so it's kind of funny because there's actually two intros to this episode. The first one is where it opens with Sky in the puzzle place bringing in a bunch of boxes. And then there's also one on the VHS where it shows Sizzle and Nuzzle in New York and getting into shenanigans. And then Nuzzle's complaining because he wants to go back to the hotel. And then, it, then it's like, all right, that's our cold opening for our topic. <laughs> Done with very, very cheap green screen, by the way. Even for public access TV standards, it, it's not it's not that good. It's it's kinda like they they had like an hour to film in New York and then they just left and said, Oh fuck it. We'll just uh we'll just film the rest on a green screen in LA. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one'll notice. They're too young to care. It's fine. Like the only scene that actually looks real is the one where they're on the horse cart and then otherwise everything else is so obviously green screened. It's like, though apparently on the rest of the VHS, one point they are shown in a bush, but otherwise that's about it. <laughs> they could have easily filmed that in, New in Los Angeles for all we know. Oh man. Well, that's a thing that happens in New York. The last time I went there, I was just covered in like this green outline. All that city pollution. Nobody, nobody's actually in New York anymore. <laughs> New York isn't real. <laughs> I do want to mention, uh, before we get into the episode proper, uh, on the description of the version I watched, uh, on the YouTube description, it went something along the lines of, if you are responsible in part for this video and wish to have it removed, please contact me and I'll take it right down because you, yes you, are the Bond diggity. <laughs> Agent Double Loop uh, if you're if you're listening to this, you too are the Bond diggity, good sir. We salute you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then it cuts to Leon being able to create a television because that's a thing that happens. <laughs> it's so funny. He like all, this this remote he invents is like supposed to be the like most powerful advanced TV remote ever. It's got all these bells and whistles on it. Meanwhile, here in the future where we do have the most advanced TV remotes ever. It's just like a fire TV stick with like three buttons on it. It's funny the stuff that they hype up as the coolest shit ever in the 90s is just the norm to us in the 2020s. You can call <laughs> someone on the phone and you can see them on video. Okay, that's Skype and FaceTime. <laughs> It's kind of similar to how, like, it's kind of similar to how, like, in Futurama, their mail delivery system is basically the same as it was in the 90s, and now it's like everybody gets their news online, so it's kind of dated in the most beautiful way. Well, I mean, now we also have Amazon drones, which scare the shit out of me. Oh, we should mention, too, uh, how the episode starts out proper, because we do mention the, the peace police. Yeah, and how they basically are our Sky's um, kind of sidekicks for the episode. How it's like, you have them, and why are you complaining about not having your friends with you? Oh, so Sky's a bootlicker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he builds his uh, 90s version of a Roku stick. 
basically looks kind of like a Nintendo controller. And then, so the episode, so then he turns on the TV and we get our first sketch, which is Crunchy Geckos. Crunchy Geckos. <laughs> so kids, tell your parents that you want Crunchy Geckos, the only kids breakfast cereal shaped like real I'm I'm not sure what to say about Crunchy Geckos itself because it's a very, very short skip. But like, those look more like toys than they do than they do like actual pieces of cereal because they're like very shiny and they look very plastic. They're literally those little plastic toys in that tube you get for like two dollars at the zoo souvenir shop. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like somebody made a cereal box, but they made it all the toy inside. <laughs> <laughs> they're geckos and they're crunchy. What else can I say? <laughs> then Leon basically is Doc Brown and he's like, Great Scott, I did it! <laughs> I can change the channel, but only if I drive at 88 miles an hour. This is actually terrible when I think about it. Did you guys notice that uh, Leon backwards is no? Oh Holy my gosh, shit! Like no McNeil? Those sneaky Those bastards. bastards. Wow. Jinx. <laughs> I owe you a Coke. <laughs> uh, well, I am running out of Diet Coke, so. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, um, so yeah, then it cuts to another commercial played by Peter Lenz himself, where he says the most iconic line in the episode, Hi, I'm not a puppet but I play one on TV and then he pulls up this crudely made puppet and then he, they act out like a, like a PSA and it's just the most beautifully insane thing. And I love it. <laughs> and that's not that. And that's only just scraping the surface right there oh, in terms man. of all the crazy shit we get to in this episode. Is it just me or does he kind of look like tiny Tim? Yeah, oh that's God. what I had in my notes before I realized it was him. I, I kind of pointed out, Hey, he kind of looks a little bit like tiny Tim. He looked a little like, uh, I'm still a little disappointed it wasn't Al, because they both have the long curly hair, but... <laughs> and he also plays Sky, so it's kind of interesting hearing, you can hear a little bit of Walter in his voice and kind of hear that excited tone, so it's really neat. Yeah, he plays Sky, and he played Nuzzle in seasons one and two. Oh yeah, and he had the different voice ranges too, which is really, really cool, honestly. Yeah, Nuzzle kind of sounds like uh, Goliath in... Uh... Davy and Goliath. He's like, hello, Davy. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I could see him as a decent replacement for Cookie Monster, maybe. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, there's a thought. <sighs> and then, um... And then we... And then speaking of, uh... Nuzzle and Sizzle, there they are. Yeah, so then it cuts to Sizzle basically <laughs> reenacting the Rocketeer because they suddenly have a jetpack because reasons, and then Nuzzle's getting pissed because Sizzle won't let him have a turn, so he's chasing her around. <laughs> Don't give Elon so Musk any to... ideas. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> then it's basically a whole... So, so they kind of have a bit of a Bert and Ernie vibe to them, and that's what makes them really fun. <laughs> Again, I, I remember them from the show growing up more than I do the actual other characters of the show, which I, I can't explain why, but it just shows it shows how my brain works. <laughs> um, to be fair, do dogs and cats are always how they stay. Dogs and cats living in May mass hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> Second Ghostbusters reference of the podcast. Yay! 
something something <laughs> Valentine's Day 2016. It's funny because most dogs and cats that actually do live together are like inseparable. I've never understood the stereotype of, you know, dogs and cats hate each other because every time I see a dog and a cat like living together, they're just like always like practically on top of each other. Cats and dogs 2001 lied! <laughs> uh, which speaking of, uh, we're getting a sequel again this year. Why? Because God has abandoned us and Hollywood is running out of ideas. <laughs> All these ideas and yet they can't reboot the mask. Please, for the love of God, Hollywood, we just want something original. And the cats and dog director can do son of the mask, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm tired of being nostalgic. Give me something fresh. <laughs> then you can hear Tyler exploding into a million pieces. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we have to pause this podcast to go pick up all his pieces and put them back together. <laughs> anyway, this was about the puzzle place. <laughs> so then it starts the whole plot of how Sky's trying to get the other puzzle place members to play with him, but they're all getting interested in the TV. And cut to more show parodies. So the next one is California Kumquats, so, which basically runs a lot like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, or kind of like space the original Space Ghost in a way. Uh, so the animation on the California kumquats, it kind of looks like a PowerPoint more than it does actual animation. It's basically like if you had Trey Parker and Matt Stone animate the California Raisin and they were also on Quaaludes. I also, watching that scene in my head because of the way they're marching, I, I, I for some reason my brain automatically just went to, let's all go to the lobby, let's, let's all, all go, go to, to the, the lobby. lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves a treat. <laughs> yeah, and this is where we meet. Uh, this is where we meet some of the other characters too. Oh yeah. Oh, the one quick joke I wanted to get in. Walt Disney World has the orange juice bird, and now Disneyland will have the California kumquats. <laughs> <laughs> so then our other characters, Jody, Julie, Ben, and Kiki, all come in, and then they get. Then they take a massive interest in the TV, and then it keeps cutting to Sky opening all these boxes that that are just fireworks inside, but they're the most exciting shit ever to him. <laughs> yeah, they act like it's so exciting, but then you realize they have to pick all that shit up. They have to clean it all It literally reminds themselves. me, I've seen these YouTube videos of, like, this guy who made this, like... He kept getting his packages stolen, so he made an anti-package thief device. That was literally a box. <laughs> and the box would, like, spray glitter and confetti everywhere, and then there would also be a stink bomb inside. So, basically, Leon is a package thief, <laughs> and he's, like, having a good time with it. And we should talk about the, we should talk about the fashion of the show, too, briefly, because it's... It's very nice. Yeah, it's kind of got that 90s aesthetic. Like, the, all the characters definitely dress like they're from the 90s, too. And so... Yeah, like, Kitty, when we were uh, when we were watching the episode, you pointed out that Jody kind of looks like Blossom. Yeah, she has the flower on her hat. I remember that. So, yeah, that was a neat little... That could have been an homage, for all we know. And then at times... Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and then at times, Leon looks a little like Static Shock to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I kind of noticed that uh, Sky looks a little bit like Mati from Captain Planet. Huh. Or, yeah, I could also see him as... I also see him a lot as, like, Ju Jubilee from X-Men, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of the yellow coat, the the headband, the dark hair. Yeah, like a little gender-bent uh, Jubilee. I yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a neat little element. <laughs> Marvel, hit us up. Marvel put Sky in the MCU. <laughs> 
the puzzle place will return in Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Leon, I don't feel so good. <laughs> the characters are basically talking about their TV habits at home, and that leads into a word from us kids type segment where they interview kids about what their home life is like when they watch TV. And then they're like, oh, we only get an hour of TV every day. My dad my, my dad doesn't let me watch TV un until the weekend. Uh, my dad doesn't let me watch it until I get all my homework done. Wah. It's like, and then meanwhile, here's... An hour of TV is a single episode of American Horror Story. Your lives suck. Like, if you if you get an hour of TV, imagine the shit you'd be missing out on. Yeah, you could miss out on, like, like what if the the apocalypse was happening, but, uh-oh, it's not your TV times, and you can't watch the fucking news footage. <laughs> yeah, like, I did not have these types of TV habits as a kid. Like, I probably, I probably watched more than enough TV than I probably should have as a kid. Yeah, but yeah. you saw all the good like, shit. I mean, compared to now, where I ha have barely much of an attention span to get through a single show. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating to see characters lo so longing for TV, and meanwhile in 2020, it's all we have. <laughs> and then it cuts to them talking about... Was that where the Wee Sing section was? Uh, close to it, yeah. So so Ben starts to, so ben starts to point out that, uh, that they can just watch whatever they want without a problem. <laughs> Since they're not, since they're technically not at home, they turn on horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> they basically they basically say something along the lines of, "Hey, we can watch bad shows now," <laughs> which kind of makes me wonder what would the uh, puzzle place equivalent of South Park or Family Guy be? Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Showsen. <laughs> they just cut to Wonder Shows and at some point it's like the episode where they all do crack. Oh, what are you watching? I've suckled from the teat of cosmic truth. I want to do it again. I'll gobble a goat's balls for another sip. Oh, yeah. And then they bring up how, let's watch Yikes! And they're all like, Yikes! Y yikes! And they're like, no, no, we yikes? can watch Yikes! <laughs> because like... <laughs> and then they mention a 90210 parody. It's like Rescue 90210. They're literally just mashing up the names of popular shows at the time. I was like at that part, wait a minute. So you're not allowed to watch like really adult shows, but for some reason you know what Rescue 90210 is? Um, isn't that like a show filled to the brim with like all sorts of draw teenage shit, like sex and stuff? <laughs> It's, it's kind of like those kids in elementary school who would talk about how cool they are for watching South Park. Uh, it's like those kids who fucking know what Rick and Morty is. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Dad. I'm watching Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I remember, I remember the first time I, I watched South Park as a three-year-old, and I felt, I felt like such an adult. You know, because watched, my because my step uh, my stepdad's son showed it to me, and I'm like, oh man, this is the coolest shit ever. I'm gonna say fuck in front of my mom and see what happens. <laughs> so ba <laughs> so basically, so basically, South Park taught me to swear at a young age. <laughs> I actually remember. I remember quoting, "Who the hell is John John F. Kennedy?" And you're gonna see <laughs> some serious shit when I watch Back to the Future for the first time, and my mom fucking went berserk. Oh, gosh. 
It's like, well, it's their fault for including those in a PG movie. Don't blame me. <laughs> <laughs> my oh mom my yelled at me for saying the word idiot. Aw. When I was like Oh god, it's like five. that it's like that Caillou episode where they talk about how the word stupid is bad or something. <laughs> like, like that is not hunger. like that word does not do as much damage as you think it does. Caillou's mom is a left book yeah, I've been. But anyway, um, and so then it cuts to like a kind of a Bill Nye, kind of a low budget, pa- low budget fifties movie style parody where they show like a t a toy T Rex and there it's like some science show. For some reason, they decide to call and say it's one of the best plant eaters around. I'm like, that's not a plant eater. <laughs> <laughs> I think they Maybe also that was... say that it, that the dinosaur speaks French or something. <laughs> and, then before, and, for... the, and then before oh, it cuts out, you can hear like an oh. They specifically <laughs> said they specifically said the name of the dinosaur too. The dinosaur is a megalosaurus. The megalosaurus is a theropod related to the T Rex, aka a carnivore. <laughs> And we, and we got to talk about the footage. So basically the shot is someone literally just waving a toy dinosaur in front of the camera. And there's two people you can like barely make out because it's so hazy. Like <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the producers just started smoking a, a shitload of weed and they decided to, they just decided to go with it. Like, like the way everyone's dressed and talking, it almost looks like a crossover between back to the future and Jurassic park, which would be the best <laughs> crossover ever, by the way. Yes. Universal, get on that shit. And then the kid in there kind of looks a little like Ernest when he comes up to the camera. I kept half expecting the peanut line. I was like, hey, Vern, not bad for someone the size whose brain is the size of a peanut. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to the next sketch, which is uh, basically what I think it is, is just Puzzle Place throwing shade at Weezing. <laughs> because what it is, is uh, it's Peter Linz with another Muppeteer, Alice. Denise, I think her name is. Again, apologies Denine, if I'm getting yeah. the name wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and they're basically uh, they're basically in just pink and blue spandex, respectively, and they're they're dressed up as bunnies, apparently, and they have like the uh, the nose and the and the hair and shit. <laughs> the and then they're they're parroting like the really the really nonsensical kids videos that are just like let's have fun all day. And they're just hopping around and singing in high-pitched voices, and the kids are just getting really annoyed watching it. It was beautiful. Hi, boys and girls! <laughs> Everybody's always good and happy. Good and happy. It reminded me of a less terrifying version of We Sing's The Big Rock Candy Mountain. <laughs> Which, so uh, by the way, we do have plans for We Sing. I'm not going to spoil it, but stay tuned. Oh, I remember yeah. I had a We Sing tape my mom would play in the car for my brother and sister when they were little kids all the time. Oh, God. <laughs> At least I didn't have to watch it. Yeah, true. It's kind of neat that they're not afraid to kind of make fun of... Um... I mean, 
I mean, in a nice way, not not in like a mean spirited way. They're kind of willing right. to take a shot at like a lot of the really, really dumb kids movies and shows that were <laughs> that didn't actually have an interest in educating. They were just like the equivalent of waving your keys in front of your baby for an hour. <laughs> I feel like they, kids they... shows in the '90s were all just kind of constantly like kind of ribbing at each other. Like Sesame Street would rib on Barney a, a few times. Nobody ribbed on Mr. Rogers. Nobody was touches too, that man. He was untouchable. So uh, the next one is like a corn world. Apparently it's supposed to be like a car salesman, but with corn. But the way he's oh, dressed, yeah. uh, he's he's in, a, he's in a corn costume and he has like a white fake beard and a wig. And I wrote in my notes, dear God, they spliced the big ear of corn's DNA with Colonel Sanders and Salty the Singing Songbook. In my notes, I was like, so that's what happened to Isaac when he exploded in Children of the Corn. (laughs) (laughs) The retirement home of the corn. And then they cut to a smaller version of Camilla, and and then he just pushes her out of the scene. (laughs) So I I was just like, like, just let her get some corn, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) And then, Kitty, we get to your favorite bit of the episode, uh... (laughs) <laughs> the Siskel and Ebert parody, the thumbs up, thumbs down show, which is, they're basically talking about the tale of Pinocchio, which fun fact was a direct reference to Siskel and Ebert's review of the Jonathan Taylor Thomas uh, Pinocchio back made back in 1997. So that was fascinating. I'm just going to go in. A, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and assume that the uh, puzzle place equivalent of Gene Siskel just basically docks the cast of a horror movie back in the 80s. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. you guys know about that. Oh, yeah. Or maybe there's like a scene where the thumbs up, thumbs down guy goes, Deedles, Deedles, Deedles. Stop it. Stop it, <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, it's kind of funny that pretty similarly to the Siskel and Ebert parody from the Weird Al show at times, like the whole, <laughs> I, I liked it, so I'm right. No, you liked it, so you're wrong. No, no. <laughs> Or something like that. And then they just start insulting each other. (laughs) And then, like, the thumbs down guy just has a giant thing of popcorn. (laughs) Though it's kind of funny because the guy they got to basically be the Gene Siskel parody looks pretty much like him to a T, but the guy they got to play Roger Ebert looks a little more like if they put Eugene Levy in a wig for some reason. They, I kind of wish they did a little better with the parody, but eh, what you gonna do? (laughs) Yeah, it's still, it's still good fun. So then Sky comes back in. He's trying to coax his friends that, hey, we can still have some fun. Why aren't you guys hanging out with us? And then it kind of leads into a song about, you know, TV bad. TV, TV bad. TV, TV bad. It sounds basically like Big Girls Don't Cry from the Weather Girls. So ironic. (laughs) A fun little Calypso song about why TV sucks. (laughs) It's like, nuance about TV? What is that? No, TV bad. TV sucks, and if you like it, you are worse than Satan, and you deserve to be shot. And meanwhile, it's much safer to be playing with a bunch of fireworks (laughs) and basically burning down the fucking kitchen. (laughs) Then they they finally get to, yikes, 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 yikes. (laughs) Yikes, 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 yikes. 
It's basically all these shoddy looking puppets just saying yikes and then smacking into each <laughs> other like like oh sorry sorry nope yikes 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 hi boys and girls welcome to yikes, yikes! you scared me yikes oh, I'm oh, sorry oh oh hi yikes you scared us I did why I don't know why but they all look like various types of Pokemon to me like one looks like Bulbasaur the other looks like Nidoran. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they, I, in fact, while I was looking at I could see like an earth and grass and, sorry, bleh. I was also kind of looking at it and thinking, yeah, that one's a grass type, that one's a water type, that one's a fire type. <laughs> My assumption is, as this show is going on, is that, you know, while these dragons or dinosaurs or whatever are just like screaming yikes at each other, a meteor is just coming down and getting ready to hit them. <laughs> There's a yikes for And like, it just fucking, it just fucking hits them mid-yikes. <laughs> and then it just cuts to black. And that's how the dinosaurs died. Uh, then, it, then it's just, or maybe they're all stuck in, or maybe it's like the ending, the dinosaurs, and they're all stuck <laughs> in a room together, freezing. They're like, yikes, 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 as it slowly cuts to black. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the sad version of the yikes theme. <laughs> yikes, 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 yikes. The Zack Snyder version. <laughs> Yikes, 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 yikes. <laughs> anyway. And so then Sky is just like, what if I got a picture of them? So then he takes a picture of them and shows them how, how lazy they look. Because, yes, taking a picture of somebody isn't creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, even if you want to take a picture of your friends, like, watching TV, what is what exactly is that going to prove? They're just gonna fucking say, okay, we're watching TV. Your point? <laughs> <laughs> you could take a pic of us while we're sleeping. We'll look the same. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um... So, yeah, they, then they they snap out of it, basically. And then and then Sky's like, oh, man, you guys are missing this cool party out in the, out in the kitchen where we're burning shit down and committing anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> we're stealing packages. And then it also has another Now a Word With Us Kids segment where they're like, here's all the things you can do instead of watching TV. And then it's basically it's basically just the scene in Simpsons where Sideshow Bob's like, By the way, I'm aware of the irony of appearing on TV in order to decry it, so don't bother pointing that out. And then it ends with this strange bit where everybody seems to be pissed off at Sky because he's been trying to warn them about the party and they wouldn't listen and they accuse him of not telling him, like, Gaslighting! Fun for the whole family. <laughs> well, I mean, in their case, it's like, it was for your safety. He accidentally protected you guys, and now he's gonna burn everything down. Yay! Sky's an arson. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <sighs> no more puzzle plays. Yay! And then Sky burns down the entire southwestern United States in a gender reveal party. <laughs> And then meanwhile, uh, cuts back to Sizzle and Nuzzle after their long chase. And then by that point, they're too tired to argue over the jetpack anymore. So they curl up and go to sleep in a very cute fashion. Yeah, it's wholesome. Yeah, it's a nice little moment. Like, just a, just a heads up. If you're going to have some sort of animal in your show, real or fake, we're going to love it regardless. Yeah, we're going to be we like... We love dogs. We love cats. We love sharks, crocodiles. We love anything that is not human. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're secretly furries. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we also we love jellyfish. We love we love uh water bears. <laughs> I mean, I do love jellyfish. 
the band. Yes. I love jellyfish <laughs> the animal. They're relaxing to look at. Jellyfish the animal. Jellyfish the band. Jellyfish the, f- the flamethrower. <laughs> which, speaking of which, and now introducing a new segment to Channel KRT, the Channel KRT Toy Store, because we're all victims of capitalism. <laughs> Yay, profits. <laughs> Yay. For a show that's been kind of forgotten, Puzzle Place had a surprising amount of merchandise. It had a variety of VHS titles, titles that were released by Sony Wonder, such as Tuned In, which contains this very episode rock dreams rip van winkle deck the halls which i'm guessing is a christmas episode sing along songs and essentiate the positive and kids for character and then it had a variety of different toys throughout the 90s like it had a board game of all things (laughs) then it basically had all these figures that um these figures have seen better days (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I want to give a quick shout out to my friend Wesley Bootlier, uh, future guest, of course. Very great guy. Check out his videos. Uh, he, he sent me some of the, when I told him we were doing an episode on the Puzzle Place, he sent me a lot of pictures of oh, merch. Sweet. And I showed them to you guys. Uh, <laughs> specifically, one of the ones I'm looking at right now is where the majority of the characters and, you know, except for Nozzle are there. And they, for some reason, their mouths are all wide open and they just have the blankest stares, and it's, it's the weirdest thing to me. <laughs> well, first off, they, um, <laughs> thank you, Wesley is his name? Sorry. Yeah, Wesley. Thank you, Wesley. Again, that's that was really awesome of you. And then one kind of one cool thing they do with the figurines, though, is that they make them they put them into little puzzle pieces, so kind of keep up with the theme of the show, I suppose. And then apparently, yeah, they're sort of like they're they're sort of like Polly Pockets. Yeah. Huh. And then they have one that's just a that's just a chicken for some reason. So I don't know if that's like related to Ben or if it's like. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite character in the puzzle place was the chicken. My favorite character <laughs> in anything is the chicken. Do you have a chicken in your show? I love it. <laughs> and then apparently they had a bunch of little books. Like apparently they have an episode where Kiki and Sky steal a bird from the wild. <laughs> So it's like swing you sinners, <laughs> Cue the always but sunny for theme. kids. <laughs> and we'll be and we'll be posting more of these on the podcast as time goes along. We may post a on the podcast Twitter as time goes along. That's kind of a visual reference. And oh god, I just found a I just found a plush of yeah, sorry of sizzle that'll send you guys after we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh god and so that about wraps up this segment um and thank you for checking out our store play <laughs> hail satan <laughs> <laughs> the satan that is capitalism Wait, hail- okay, so what do you mean this costs 29.99 hail sizzle <laughs> you think i have that much money in my wa- in my wallet right now what kind of establishment are you running hey here? listen this is gonna be four dollars on ebay in 20 years <laughs> Oh great! Some kid's throwing a temper tantrum. All he, right. He, he can't get the uh, the the nuzzle plush. Ah damn it! All of this has been discontinued by the time <laughs> this was posted <laughs> because it got recalled for being COVID nineteen positive. All right. So speaking of new segments, um, we came up with a rating system. Yeah, a rating system where we decide whether it's what was it? So basically, our criteria for the show is. Would we keep the tapes for nostalgic purposes, or would we erase said tapes? Burn them to pieces. (laughs) (laughs) 
but no, that's not my rating. My my rating is, despite my kind of issue with the core message of this episode, I still really like it overall. I think that it's still oh, a pretty yeah, solid. Same. Yeah, it's got a lot of really solid... It's a really solid lead-in if you've never seen the show before. You don't have to know anything about the rest of the show to watch it. And in addition, it leads into some really great episodes later on and may lead, hopefully lead one day to more episodes being found. So, because technically most of the tapes have already been erased, let's definitely keep the tapes that we have for nostalgic purposes. Absolutely. Same same here on my end. Uh, my end, yeah, definitely keep the tape. As far as just obscure children's puppet shows go, this one is great. Even if, you know, the whole, you know, TV bad thing is a little ham-fisted because, you know, saying TV bad on TV is weird. But it's still kind of, it's, it's still better. <laughs> it, it does better than most other TV bad TV shows. <laughs> I've seen, yeah. and not only keep the tape for nostalgic purposes, go back in time and record every single episode to guarantee not a single episode is lost because the show is a goddamn treasure. <laughs> Absolutely. And, I d- and anything with no McNeil's name attached to it deserves to be saved at all costs. Oh god, yeah. I'm, I might Something. be biased, but I, we stand Noel McNeil in this house. Damn straight. Welcome to my defuck house. Knock on the damn door. Knock on the damn door. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! (laughs) All right. So shall we? So anything you guys want to plug? Okay. So yeah, I do have a KRT related announcement. Uh, We're officially on more platforms for podcasts. We're on Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and we're going to be on more soon. It's just that distribution's been a little rough in terms of COVID-19 and everything going on. So just be patient. We'll be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Overcast sometime in the future. So just stay tuned. Just follow us everywhere and take pictures of us. That's normal. (laughs) (laughs) Come to my house. Climb through the window. (laughs) Kidnap us from from the United States and drop us off in Canada. Please. We hate it here. Yeah, we definitely don't want that. Or New Zealand. No, don't kidnap me and remove me from the worst, wealthiest nation in the world. No. Listen, whatever you do, do not transport me to Tokyo. There's an absolutely terrible theme park there. Well, actually, two terrible theme parks that are run by Disney. Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea. Do not take me there at all costs. Please, don't you dare <laughs> transport me to Germany so I can see my long-distance friend. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, yeah. And then anything. Yeah. And then so you can also find me over at Mission Breakout on Twitter. Well, it's Mission Breakout with a zero because Twitter's stupid about URL. And then on the Twitter for this podcast, channel dash KRT. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as Cosmic Rewind, but the E is three because again, Twitter is stupid. But also, I thought it looked cool. Uh, you can also find me at No Context Harley Quinn and. You can find me on my other No Context account, No Context TGIF, where I post clips of everything the ABC TGIF block related, both bumpers, commercials, and sitcoms. Yeah, I have two things I want to plug to that that I didn't get to in the last episode. First off, um, I do mixing and mastering services for musicians and bands. Uh, I edit this podcast, basically, as a lot of you probably know. His Um, work is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you can find me at facebook.com 
slash TG Sound Services. And you can also hear my other podcast, the Non Other Interview Show podcast, at youtube.com slash Tyler FGSH. And we also wanted to give a special thank you to Tony Goldmark for plugging our podcast in his in one of his recent episodes of Escape from Vault Disney. It'll be the Milo Murphy's Law one, so that should be up by the time this episode airs. Thanks, Tony. You're awesome. We love you. Thank you, Tony. Aww. Tony, you're the best guy. <laughs> and so is Tyler. Aww. Yay, thank you. And also give Tyler work because he is awesome. And, and also give Randy things to post on the no context. And then me, I'm going to, me, just transport me to Canada and I'll be happy. <laughs> if you live in Rhode Island, I'm probably going to deliver DoorDash to you. <laughs> Yay. Also, if you're in Philly, uh, I'm on Instacart, so... You know what to do there. And I'm in California, and I'm probably gonna be—I'm gonna probably gonna be burnt to a crisp by all these fires by the time this posts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a boy, by the way. Aww. Uh, <laughs> all right. Or should I say, yikes? Yikes! 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 Because TV bad now, we gotta cut the static. So we'll see y'all on the flip side.